0: All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, where we're going to continue our series on how to rear children to, glorify, to lo- who love and glorify God. I can't think of a better joy than to know that my children walk in truth, but that my children love the truth and love God, and that's what we've been teaching on. Last week, we did something unusual. I've never done this before. We played a video of a dear man of God that was in heaven, and he preached on uh, hell for 26 minutes. So I'm going to try to keep it down to about 26 minutes, but I'm not guaranteeing it. But um, he was at a missions conference when he preached that on Friday night, and at the funeral I learned that the pastor heir apparent, uh, Brother Sutherland, Brother Randy Sutherland, uh, daughter got saved that night after that message. Amen? Amen. I mean, she'd been raised in church and uh, she got a Holy Ghost conviction and because he preached on hell, um, she got saved and he was rejoicing over that. And then Joe Arthur uh, preached about 10 minutes, Brother Sammy didn't preach any, he just he just received an offering, but uh, Brother Joe Arthur preached about 10 minutes and he was a convert uh, and was called, I think he was called to preach uh, because he heard Brother Stinnett Ballou preach uh, one night, so... How would you like to clip those coupons? Amen. Brother Joe Arthur preaches all over the nation. He's going to preach for us on the 13th of August. And the Morrison sisters are going to sing. It's going to be a great meeting. And uh, Brother Stinnett lives on through the people he reached. Amen. Many of you he influenced greatly. And so I did not feel comfortable about doing that until God gave me peace about it. And so I did it. I'm glad I did because it was a great message. All right, I'm going to continue the series. So I didn't preach on... uh, Uh, Raising children last week, I let uh, Brother Stinnett preach by way of video, but I want to just uh, preach uh, the last point of this series on how to raise children to love and glorify God. I can't think of a better blessing and a bigger blessing to know that your children love God and they know why they're here, and that's to glorify God. I can't think of a bigger heartbreak than when our children do not serve God and they do not love God Or maybe they marry somebody that does not love God, and there's just turmoil and pain and agony. You know, sin brings sadness. If we're going to get mad at anybody, we better get mad at sin and the devil. But I want to tell you what, he's wrecking marriages. And these little children, I guarantee you a great high percentage of them has been raised by one parent. That shouldn't be. And So we're going to preach a little while on how to raise these children and love and glorification and last week or the week before or two weeks ago we said we ought to create a place of peace and respectful atmosphere the fear of the lord proverbs 15 16 through 18 We just need to practice his presence Then we need to make time for our children and then third of all we need to teach god's word to create a firm foundation as timothy was taught by his Grandmother and mother. I don't know where his daddy was. Maybe he was. A, maybe he was uh, raised by just his mom and grandmama. And you know, today we have peer pressure, we have rejection. But thank God, if they know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and Joseph, they can live for God because they live for God. What a great example! So tonight, I want to preach on set the example. Set the example. Look at uh, verse five of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, let's back up to verse 3. Let's stay in all the Word of God. The Bible says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and the patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. That's a valuation of a good church. Love, faith, and hope. I think that could apply to our homes. Our homes should be 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, a place of love, a place of faith, a place of hope. I think when they come home, they ought to be an anchor of hope. And uh, it thrills my soul to see little children sing like this because um, they'll never forget it. They'll never forget it. It says, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Now here's the verse, Two couple of verses I want to emphasize tonight. For our gospel came not into you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as we know what matter of men we were among you for your sake. <clears> then <throat> you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy <clears throat> of the Holy Ghost. Now, the last time I checked, it wasn't easy to live when you're being persecuted, killed, imprisoned, and crucified. And he's saying, hey, listen. I want you to remember that the word didn't come just in word. It came through my life. And so I want to preach just a few minutes on the privilege of setting an example for the next generation. You may be seated as I pray. Father, <clears throat> thank you for the wonderful testimonies and the good song and the Lord's Supper. We just appreciate so much the privilege of taking the Lord's Supper. It never gets old. Lord, we don't want to be a ritual or routine. God, we want to be real. We want Calvary to be real. And so, Lord, help us to set example by all that we do and our attitude, our spirit. And God, help us, Lord, to set that pace and give our children a pattern, a sample of what Christ and Christianity is all about. And so, Lord, please bless this message. I know a lot of people are weary, tired. <clears throat> God, give them uh, energy to listen. Give me energy to preach. And we'll thank you for what you do in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I need to read one more verse. Verse 7 says, So that ye were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. Now, folks, I tell you what, we ought to be a good example. We ought to be a good sample of Christianity, amen. I love Sam's wholesale. A lot of times I send Jason up there to do the shopping for the breakfast. But I really like to go up there myself because I like what they have up at Sam's Wholesale. They have these sample bars—not bars. That's not a good word. Sample stands, amen. Not bars, stands. I don't, I don't sample the bar, and uh, like Kroger does, praise God. Don't get me caught on that. But um, <clears throat> you know, and they'll have this fresh little sausages on a stick, and they'll have cheese. I don't eat, but it's free, so I'll eat it anyway. They'll have all kinds of stuff. And I'll tell you, we'll sample it. And I thought about this. What if I went up there and it was stale as uh, 4 o'clock in the morning? I mean, it was uh, uh, cankered with a little purple on the side from uh, being, uh, you know, just not the freshest uh, bread in the world. But, boy, they take the best. And they make it a sample so you'll what? Buy the rest. And I want to tell you something, friend. What we can do for our children is precious. We can show them the way not by just words only, verse 5, but by the Holy Ghost with much assurance, knowing what matter of men we are, and ladies, and mamas, and daddies among you for your sake. And then they can become followers of God. Where are we going to get the pattern if we don't start in the home? Amen? Where's the sample going to be of Christianity if they don't see it in the home? And last week, or the week before, excuse me, we talked about, Uh, we ought to be an example of the image of God. Children cannot contrast, they just compare. And if the Father on this earth is sorry, they'll think the Father in heaven is sorry. If the Father breaks His word on this earth, he'll think the Father in heaven breaks His word in heaven. Folks, we need to be a good example of fatherhood. Say amen. That's a precious word, father. And I believe the Bible says in Proverbs 22, In verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And folks, the only way you can train up a child in the way he should go effectively is walk that way first. Amen? And then we model his love, Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 25, you want to turn with me there, the Bible tells us that uh, husbands love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And folks, the the key uh, phrase in that um, chapter is even as. Even as. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 32 it says we ought to be kind, tender hearted, forgiving, even as. Even as. When I look at the word even as, I go to chapter 5 and I see verse uh, 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 2. It says, uh, verse 1 says, be therefore followers of God as dear children. But then it says, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us. See folks, there's a picture. And I'm afraid the picture's crooked and I, think, I, 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 believe the, I believe the frame's already come apart and some of us already fell in the floor. Folks, there's a picture in your home of God's love. And that love ought to be consistent. It ought to be sacrificial. It ought to be, it ought to be unconditional. It ought to be selfless. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's a lot of parents that need to grow up. There's a lot of parents that are bad examples. And I want to tell you something, friend. They need to be an example in priority. You know, the Lord had a priority. That priority was you. Amen? The priority was the love of God was manifested to you while you are yet sinners. Amen? Uh, that That's amazing to me. I told the story of the young lady that uh, grew up on the AAU softball league and stopped going to church after I led her Lord. And, and she uh, grew up and and became a lesbian. And she left her husband and took her daughter or son, I can picture right where they lived up on Spencer Street. I can picture right where they lived, and I begged her not to leave her husband, and she left her husband for another woman. Now, folks, I want to tell you something: you can spend all your Sundays on the ball field if you want to, but they're not going to get what they get here, and they're not going to get the standards, and conviction, and the sin that should be preached against. But they're not going to get the love of God. Amen. I we need to we need to have so much love in this place that they know it's God's place. Because there's no love like God's love, amen? We ought to be example in compassion. Uh, we ought to be an example in impression. We ought to be an example in courage. Folks, I want to tell you, it takes, a good, it takes courage to be a good Christian. Courage to fight the battle. Be instant in season, out of season. To keep the faith. Hey, to put on the whole armor of God. Folks, I want to tell you something. It takes courage and character to be a good Christian, amen? And I want to tell you something. I don't know about you, but I want to be that to my children. I want to be that to my grandchildren. Say amen. And folks, it starts in the home. It can be pumped up in the pulpit. It can be pumped up in the choir loft. It can be pumped up in a pew. But I want to tell you something, where it makes an indelible impression is when the love of God is modeled in the home. And then, last but not least, I believe we ought to be an example in magnifying His name. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. It says he that he might sanctify it, cleanse it, Ephesians 5, 26. That he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church. I love that word, glorious. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. Folks, we ought to magnify his name. We ought to be an example of magnifying his name. I believe it's appropriate for parents to praise God. I believe it's appropriate for parents to appreciate everything that comes to them from God and if you don't realize everything good cometh from above you need to look up and you need to smell the roses while you can because God created the roses and I want to tell you something God's been good and God is good and I want to t- say this friend if you want to cre- if you won't create if you want to raise up a child that's content you got to be content you know there's a lot of parent delinquency before there's juvenile delinquency. I, I've known the judges over the years that I've been here in Dalton 42 years. And I've got to know them real good because I've been in I've been in the court a lot standing with people. And they respected that and we became have a rapport. And one time a juvenile delinquent judge, uh, her sister used to come to this church, so I knew her very well, Judge Blaylock, said, you know something? The problem's not juvenile delinquency in this county. It's parent delinquency. And you could tell she was smoked. She was burning. Because she sits there all day long hearing all these problems and all these wayward kids and they ain't got no place to have a standard of conviction. A standard of love. An example. A sample of something good that they would do. Folks, listen. The greatest need for every home is the fullness of the Spirit of God. Now we can go through all these marriage seminars and we can go through all these family seminars and I'm going to give you a handout uh, uh, next week about how to discipline your children and the ritual you can go through and I promise you if you do this every time you won't have to do it every day and you won't feel like you're beating the kid to death. Say amen. And uh, feel like a child abuser. Uh, You will create such a relationship with your child that even your grieving spirit will break their heart. Amen. But I, I want you to say this. All that put aside. Now, listen to me. Some of you already clicked off. Uh, putting all that aside, the way to be a great parent and the way to raise godly children is that the Holy Ghost fills you to overflowing. Say amen. I mean, we can get technical and we can have 15 points on how to discipline and how to do this and how to direct, but I want to tell you something. I want to say this and uh, set the record straight. If you're if your parents love God and are full of God, you ought to kiss their feet. I'm not saying literally, but you ought to thank God for them. You ought to appreciate them to no end. You ought to obey them and honor them and respect them and do everything you can to make their life comfortable in their old age. Amen? Thank God. Thank God for a peaceful, contented atmosphere called home. A lot of children don't want to go to home. It's yelling, it's fussing, it's fighting, it's carousing, it's dark, and the lights are on. It's depressing, and everybody's there. And they got all the things, they got all the gadgets, all the gold, but they don't have godly parents. And folks, the greatest thing we could do for these children that got saved this week is reach their parents. See, friend, the Bible says the greatest youth ministry is turned the hearts of the fathers towards the sons and the sons to the father. Last verse in the Old Testament, Malachi. Hey, you're not supposed to enamor yourself to them. You're supposed to turn them to their parents because that's the ministry. You're not to be their father. You're not to be their mother. Sometimes you feel like you are, but you're not. All you are is an instrument to help their parents come to God and then the family all come to God together and at the foot of the cross, everything's okay. Matter of fact, it's better than okay. It's marvelous. It's wonderful. Let me ask you a question. You that are leaving God out of your life, how's it going? You that say, hey, I got, I got Spock's manual on raising children. I don't need the word of God. How are they turning out? We used to have soccer practice at Piedmont Park when I was at Georgia State University, and we'd literally have to pick up the hippies and move them off the soccer field. And they were in another world. They were LSDing and cocaineing and all this stuff, and they'd look up as like with monsters and say, hey, man, don't bother me, you know. And I, thought, I said, yeah, and your parents never bothered you either. What you need is a belt, and what you need is love. And what you need is discipline, and what you need is a home. And we'd just drag them off the soccer field. <laughs> then we'd play our little soccer. I felt bad that I never witnessed to them like I should. Felt bad I was trying to get, keep, keep my scholarship at the college more than I was to win, be a soul winner. I heard that uh, Miss Rose is up there win everybody the Lord, and ER, praise God. Amen. She got, her, she got her tracks and got her uh, whatever cube, cube things that she used in evangelism. Praise God, she's going to it. So thank the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. That's what Jack told me. Now, if if y'all watching, uh, Jack told on you. But I'll say this, friend. God help us. God help us. God help us to be an example in compassion. God help us to be an example in courage. God help us to be an example in priorities. Magnify His name. The Spirit is the glorifier. We yield to the Word and yield to the Spirit. He will touch and change and transform our lives and then we'll ch- ch- touch and change our children's lives. There is no greater blessing than a parent that sets an example for Christ's sake. Now I won't say this. I'm going to say it very clearly and if you get hurt, it's your own fault. If they think you're just living for money, their gods will, will become money. If they think you're just living for sports, they'll strive, they'll break their neck, they'll go to every camp this summer they can to be a great sports person for you because, Daddy, that's all you think about and that's all you talk about and that's all you want is your little Johnny to turn out to be a Chipper Jones. Well, Chipper Jones couldn't keep his family together. You want, it, you want that to happen? Boy, I touched some nerves right then, praise God. Some Some of y'all have chipper jones all over you wall but i'll say this friend listen listen clearly whatever you worship they worship whatever you desire they desire whatever is your priority is they going to be their priority and then uh, friend you're going to have to fight the devil that they might not turn against that priority as some of your children have folks listen we need to set an example we need to set the pace I told the story of the little boy that was dying, and, he, and the father said, are you, "Are you afraid to be with Jesus?" And he looked up at his daddy and he says, "Not if he's like you, daddy. Not if he's like you." I imagine that father said, "It's been worth it all." We can't sing like a lot of people can sing. We can't play the instruments like these musicians play. We can't. We can't maybe preach but I'll tell you one thing we can do parents we can be so full of God that they see him that they see him who's invisible I want to challenge you tonight to be an example I want to challenge you to be more than an example I want to challenge you to be a sample not if he's like you daddy I believe friend that the home is a place that we forecast heaven now, I know there's trials. I know there's trouble. And I know there's a loud TV. And I know there's a lot of scheduling. And I know there's a lot of hustle and bustle. But I want to tell you something. There's one thing that we ought to do. We ought to have the book. We ought to have the blessed hope. We ought to have love. We ought to have faith. That's the definition. And, and, and back to our text in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, of a great church. He commend them every epistle I thank God for your faith your love and your hope well let me just notify you tonight that the definition of a church is a collection of families and one thing that our children ought to know is we have faith in God and that we want more faith that means you get in church every time the door is open to get more faith because faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God and then they ought to know without a doubt there's something about the love of God that's displayed, modeled, demonstrated, expressed through my parents. They love God. If there was anything that I'd want my children, I was writing at my funeral this week, not that I'm old or anything, but I've been to a lot of them lately of good men of God. And I thought about it, I said, there's one thing that I would want Jason to say at my funeral is that my daddy loved God. Not that he was a great pastor. Not that he was some church builder and started from scratch and we did all this and got all this paid for. But that my daddy loved God. I want to tell you something. That is a stamp of genuineness. It is a proof of discipleship. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And it is an indelible impression upon your children. My daddy loves God. And then last but not least, it says, and I thank God for your patience and your hope. And Folks, I want to tell you something. Hope means this. It's the courage not to quit. It's the courage to say, no matter how bad it gets, I'm going to keep on keeping on for God. So your children... Know when everything's going great. And they expect you to come to church, shout it out, smile, be happy, and sing the songs. But when they see you going through hell by the acre, and they see you in the battles of life, and you still come. You've been hurt, and you still come. You've been disappointed, and you still come. Somebody leaves the family you still come somebody dies you still come and there's not bitterness but there's a brokenness which is an avenue for revival God will use you not only as an example but a sample and that's what I want to be. I wanted to get into discipline tonight I'll wait to do that Father's Day night but I heard this story About a guy named Dr. Kane. And um, on February 15th, 1921, in New York City, the operating room of Kane Summit Hospital, a doctor is performing an appendectomy. In many ways, the event leading to the surgery was uneventful, but the patient had complained of severe abdominal pain. The diagnosis is clear inflamed appendix, and Dr. Evans O'Neill Kane. In 1921, performed the surgery, uh, is a performing surgeon at this time, and um, we see that he searched for a volunteer because he came up with this solution. He says, we're going to have local anesthetic. Instead of putting the patient all the way to sleep, we're just going to deaden a local part, I guess the side, say amen. And uh, many was squeamish about the thought of being awake during surgery, but he knew that um, it would be good for the patient, and the recovery would be half the time. And, and eventually, however, Dr. Kane found, finds a candidate to be his guinea pig, his example, his sample. And on Tuesday morning, February 15th, a historic operation occurred. The patient's prepped and wheeled into the operating room. The local anesthetic is applied, and he says, done thousands of times, Dr. Kane dissects the superficial tissue, locates the appendix. He successfully excises it and concludes the surgery. And during the procedure, the patient complains of only minor discomfort. And the volunteer is taken to post-op, then placed in a hospital, and he recovers quickly and dismissed in two days. Dr. Kane had proven his theory. Thanks to the willingness of a brave volunteer, Kane demonstrated that local anesthesia was a viable and even preferable alternate. But I said there was two facts that made this surgery unique. I told you first the use of local anesthetic. But the second is the patient. The courageous, the courageous candidate for surgery by Dr. Kane was Dr. Kane. He proved his point by operating on himself. And a wise move because the doctor became the patient in order to convince patients to trust the doctor. Now let me tell you this, friend. You need to become the patient. If you're going to tell your children to live for God, you need to live for God. You need to tell your, you tell your children you're going to love God, you need to love God. Hey, friend, you need to be the example that it works. If you tell your children to have faith in God, you need to have faith in God. If you tell your children to have patience and never quit, have correct cur- courage, that the only God can give you, you need to have courage and you need to live for God and you don't need to quit. Folks, I'm just saying this. As Paul said, we didn't come to you just in word only, but in the Holy Ghost with much assurance that you knew what matter of men we were among you. And you became followers of us and the Lord. Did you notice that phrase? You became followers of us and the Lord. My challenge to you tonight is set the example. I can't think of a better way to teach the Bible, to demonstrate the love of God, the glory of God, the grace of God, than to just put some shoe leather on it and live it. Don't quit, parents. I know some of your children are breaking your heart the devil's whispered why don't you just give up and quit Well, let me just say this it's always too early to quit because your boy might come home tonight your little girl might realize that the prodigal pig pen is no place to be and come back and find the light on the porch of his love his faith and his hope let's pray father thank you for this night and I pray, to God, for these folks that are so weary and tired, that you give them a good night's rest. You'd multiply their sleep tonight. And God, that you'd help them realize that God has blessed them with a home. It needs to be a home and not just a house. It needs to be a temple of the Holy Ghost, our bodies, our lives. And God, we need to be not bringing the word only to the children, but God, we need to demonstrate it <clears throat> indeed and... God, an example. And Lord, I pray that you'd fill us to overflowing with faith, hope,